Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share thoughts with leading experts, uncover expansive and evolutionary truths to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring chakras as evolutionary gateways. An ancient concept of the chakra system may have originated in India between 1500 and 500 B.C., the chakra system is comprised of energy centers in the human body that prism light. The seven major chakras are anchored in endocrine glands, serving as a bridge between the spiritual level and the physical one. As we move into a more highly charged portion of the galaxy represented by the Aquarian Age, the plasma on the leading edge of the sun's heliosphere is becoming increasingly excited, causing more luminosity to bathe in our planetary space. This offers a rare opportunity for furthering human enlightenment. What are these mysterious light energy centers known as the chakras? What role does our chakra system play in taking advantage of the increase in light and the evolutionary opportunities therein? Our guest this hour may have be able to shed some much-needed light on the topic. Michelle S. Fountain, author of Chakra Healing for Vibrant Energy and The Wheel of Healing with Ayurveda, is owner of the Ayurvedic Path Yoga and Wellness Studio, where she practices as an Ayurvedic lifestyle counselor and as a yoga meditation teacher. She holds a Vedic Master Certificate from the Chopra Center and has worked with Dr. Deepak Chopra teaching yoga and meditation. Her website, michellefondenauthor.com. Michelle, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you so much, Gwilda. So how did you first become interested in the chakras? Well, I first learned about the chakras when I was doing research um, after I received a diagnosis of thyroid cancer. And I was 28 years old. And of course, the diagnosis of cancer is devastating at any age. Mm -hmm. But the younger you are, the more questions it leaves. And I wasn't satisfied with the answers that the allopathic doctors were giving me. And I figured that there must be a reason why my body got sick. And I began to do an exploration and research. And in my research of holistic healing, I stumbled upon the idea of the chakras and I began reading upon it. And it made total sense in my specific case because the thyroid sits in the area of the throat chakra. And for me, that had been one area in the body that had been ailing for my entire life. Mm, you mean, um, so the throat chakra... <laughs> Uh, has to do with speech. Did you feel that you had issues around speaking up? Yeah. So I grew up in a fairly dysfunctional household. Um, my parents were divorced really early on in life and I had to sort of act as the adult in the house and I had to be the good girl. You know, I had to be an emotional support for my mother. I had to be a caretaker for my little sister and my needs, wants and desires really weren't considered as important. In, you know, according to a child at that age and growing up. And so I had always been sick in the throat. So I was getting strep throat, tonsillitis. Um, when I was eight, I was between 17 and 18, I had mononucleosis, which ended with a, an abscess in the throat that literally blocked off my air passages and it had to be surgically opened. So as you can see, the, the illnesses of the throat and that inability to be able to speak up and speak my inner truth um, really culminated in, you know, even cancer at age 28. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So what training do you have in chakra healing? So my training in chakra healing is really self-taught, being that I'm a yoga teacher, um, an Ayurvedic practitioner, and meditation teacher, the certifications being through the Chopra Center primarily. And I began as a yoga teacher I began teaching the concept of the chakras about seven years ago. I took summers um, to do a chakra series each summer. And I began the study and exploration in depth. And that was, of course, after my own self-healing through the throat chakra, um, 
after I went through traditional medical treatments and I, I really believed in the power of healing through the chakras. And I wanted to pass on that knowledge to my yoga students at my yoga studio. And so it was extremely popular. Um, students are really intrigued by the idea of healing through the chakras and they were just so hungry to learn more and more. So I, it was, it was a really interesting process in being able to, to transmit that knowledge to them through mm. the practices of yoga and pranayama. So, so we're all on the same page. What exactly is the chakra system? So chakras, the word chakra is a Sanskrit word. It means wheel or disc, and it corresponds to wheels of energy or discs of energy within the body. There are chakras all over the body, but there are seven main chakras from the base of the spine that move up through to the crown of the head, and they are centered around bundles of nerves that also include major organs, arteries, um, different physiological areas in the body, as well as our mind, emotions, and experiences that sit along those energy centers. And think of them as this wheel, but there's a spinning vortex of energy that should be spinning at a relatively balanced pace. Um, and then that's when we talk about the energy centers that can get either blocked, depleted, or excessive. Well, where, where and when did the concept originate? The concept originates from tantric philosophy from India, as you mentioned in the beginning of the program. And tantra, which is a philosophical set of knowledge, just as we talk about in yoga philosophy that comes from Sankhya or Ayurvedic philosophy that comes from Vedanta, it all, it all emanates from original philosophical thought from India from anywhere between 3,000 to 5,000 years ago. And the original thought of the chakra system was for literally for balancing and energetic healing. And if you've heard of the term Kundalini or the awakening of the Kundalini or that Kundalini energy that is referred back to these same tantric texts. So are there any scientific studies proving the existence of the chakra system? I can't answer that for you. I don't know. I know there has been scientific studies done on the energy centers and areas of concentrations within the body and vibrational frequencies within the cells. But um, direct correlation, I, I'm not aware of that. I'm sure it exists. So are, are these visible to you? Um, how, how do you know they're there? Are they visible to me personally or are they visible to a person? One. Go <laughs> um, <home>. Both. <laughs> people... <laughs> so I think you're really referring more to um, areas of intuition or clairvoyance or clairsentience. Um, I, I have the gift of clairsentience, so I can sense through my hands, through touch, through feel um, the areas of the chakras and which chakras may be aligned and open and which chakras may be blocked or closed. And for example, to give you and your audience an example, a Reiki master, someone who is versed in a Reiki healing can also sense through the hands, through touch, um, the areas of the chakras and whether they're blocked, aligned, um, someone who is clairvoyant can clearly see the colors and see the auras and see the, the physical aspects of the energy body um, that surrounds the actual physical body. So what's the purpose of the chakras? What do they do? If you think about the physical body, the physical body is, is made up of physical matter. And then surrounding the physical body, we have this energetic body. And the energetic body is ever-present. It's there. Um, most people don't even think about the energetic body, but you know it's there because of a couple of instances. So if you've ever had anyone come too close to you in proximity, you automatically back up. And that is someone hitting your in energy field. That's that person's energy field that's colliding with your own energy field. And depending on how sensitive you are to your own energy field, you, you feel uncomfortable as someone approaches your energy field. And the other is that we feel and sense energy um, 
in the instance of, for example, if you walk into a room and there's been an argument there and you can feel that tension in the air, that's the sense of energy that you're feeling. So everything is comprised of energy and vibration, not only your energetic body, but your physical body as well. So the importance of learning and healing the chakras has to do with being able to realign and recalibrate your energy, the frequencies, the vibrations that exist not only in your mind, but also in your cells even. We have just a about half a minute left in this segment. Um, I understand that the heart creates an electromagnetic field around the body. Do the chakras also play in there? That that the chakras create an electromagnetic field around the body? I believe they do, yes. Um, I haven't done a complete extensive study of the electromagnetic energy. However, everything since everything is energy and vibration, then most definitely that would include the chakras. Oh, interesting. Well, we're, we are going to have to take that promise break. But on the, on the other side, I'd like to delve into what's the difference between the electromagnetic field around the body created by the heart and how do the chakras interact and where do they get their energy? But it is time for that commercial break. Michelle and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.exedbn.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell? The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To stay abreast of all the wonderful information and tools we have to offer, visit our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our guest this hour is Michelle Fountain. Her website, michellefoundanauthor.com. Michelle, we were starting to get into, um, you're saying there's an energy field around the body. And like I said, I know that um, it has been proven that the heart beating creates a, uh, an electromagnetic field around the body. How do the chakras play into that and where do they get their energy? The chakras themselves are the, it's like I said, they're wheels of energy and information and whether you believe that they're connected to the physical body or not connected to the physical body, the reality is that they are. Um, where that's a that's a big charged and very vague question because it depends on what you believe in. If you believe that we all emanate from God or one source or universal source and universal energy, then that energy comes from universal source. So it's all dependent on what your focus is and what you believe in. The system of the chakras that's, that is completely tied into, um, as I mentioned, the, the Vedantic philosophy as well, which believes that we are here to reunite with universal consciousness or universal energy that we emanate from, then the belief is that through this energetic healing, we heal the parts of the body that need to be healed because we're also in this physical world. So the idea is to transcend the confines of this physical world while still being in it. And the energetic transfer that happens through the alignment of the chakras is a moving up of this energy in order to reconnect with the divine source, reconnect with universal consciousness, whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it God, spirit, Jesus, whatever you believe is your universal divine being. The idea in the chakras is to connect ourselves back to pure awareness, to universal being. So what's the relationship between our chakra system and our ability to manage, uh, quant manage matter at the quantum level? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Okay, I was wondering what was the relationship between our chakra system and our ability to, to uh, manage the quantum level, as in move our will into the world? So the ability to operate at higher states of being help us to operate at a greater level of influence in this world and to expand goodness, if you will, or to expand at a higher level in this world. If you think about it, most people are living at lower states of consciousness. You only have to turn on the radio or open up the newspaper or turn on the TV, any of the you know main channels of TV to realize that we are living in a society that really operates through a lot of fear. And a lot of fear is really a lower energy. It's a first chakra energy. Um, when we're living at that first chakra energy and we feel that our basic needs can't even be met, we live through a space of, for example, fight or flight <laughs> response where we constantly feel the need to protect ourselves with guns, for example. And when we are operating at higher levels, and you mentioned the heart chakra, when we're really operating at higher levels where we're coming from a space of the heart chakra, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth chakra, and the seventh chakra, and we're really starting to live at those higher states of consciousness. When we bring our energy outward into the world, we have more to offer in the way of peace, love, serenity, kindness, bliss. And because we're operating from that type of energy, then we can ultimately change the consciousness of the world. Does the, you, you said operating from the red chakra keeps us in fear, but fear is an adrenal issue, which is the yellow chakra. How does that work? Um, fear is actually a root chakra. It's because what is basically, what is fear at its, at its core? Fear is not being able to get your basic needs met, right? It's, it's the fear of death ultimately. 
So it's the fear of not having enough. It's the fear of I cannot get money for shelter, food, having that security, which is a base chakra. So do the chakras have anything to do with our ability to manifest? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything that has to do with our interaction between energy, the internal energy and external energy, yes. So, for example, if you are living in the mostly lower to, you know, lower three chakras, which are chakras of matter, when I say living from them, it means that you cannot see beyond them. In order to move beyond the confines of the of the chakras, the confines of the lower elements, the confines of the gunas, as we talk about in yoga, which are um, this ever-changing state that we live in, that we are tossed about like seaweed and the waves, and, and we're not seeing things from a perspective of being able to see things for what they are and being able to make a conscious choice to live in each of the chakras, it can absolutely ha affect our ability on manifesting because we feel we feel victims of life versus having a greater part in co-creating with the divine. Well, this sounds like a bit of a hierarchy when we keep talking about the red is lower and the, you know, the violet is higher. Isn't it really a question of balance and ability to live in, in each and every one of them? And that's that's what I was speaking of. I was speaking of the fact that when we balance and when we are aligned in each of the areas of the body, in this case, the chakras, that we're balanced and aligned and we awaken to the higher states, then we're able to freely choose from where we're going to operate. We're, going, we're able to freely choose to make that conscious decision, to make that conscious choice. It's people that are, are not healed in those areas of the body that they're not able to make that conscious choice where, like I said, they feel victims or they feel that they're not able to separate themselves from the drama of life to be able to move about freely. So in other words, it's being stuck in any of the one, any, any perception there. Mm -hmm. And you can be, you can have imbalances in the crown chakra even and be stuck in that area and not be able to transcend. Or able to ground. Mm-hmm. That could be problematic. Yes. How, how many chakras are there? There are a total of 114 chakras where there are seven main chakras from the base of the spine through the crown of the head. Most people, when they're studying the chakras, they're focusing on the seven main chakras. And that goes really back to the tantric philosophy of the Kundalini awakening. And I think in the West, most people are most familiar with the practice of kundalini yoga, if they are exploring the chakras and they're exploring it through the practices of yoga and yoga breathing, pranayama, um, through dietary changes, they're most familiar with focusing on the main seven. Now, those are the main seven that are all, each of them an anchored in an endocrine gland, yes? I well, with not, the exception of the heart, but the heart yeah, has I actually been heard, seen as I one. I have yeah. not heard that it's linked uniquely to endocrine glands. That's endocrine glands. That's the that you're the first one to tell me that. In all of my research, it's actually different areas in the body, not necessarily endocrine glands. So, you say there's a balance between the chakras. How is that balance maintained? So, if you think about it, we're constantly going in balance and out of balance. We live in this world with our environment. We live with the food that we eat, the water we drink or don't drink, the other things that we ingest into our body. Not only that, but we're interacting with other people and we're living with experiences. And if, according to Indian philosophy, whether you adhere to this or not, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> according to Indian philosophy, we also carry forth with us our karma or our past actions from past lifetimes. And so through all of these things, we can have chakras or parts of the body that are balanced or imbalanced. And when we have disciplinary practices such as clean eating, the practices of energetic healing through Reiki or yoga or acupuncture or acupressure, um, proper breathing, meditation, all of these disciplinary practices can bring about 
balance and wholeness and wellness to the chakras. And sometimes it takes more focused effort. And so through our dietary lifestyle choices, our genetics, our past experiences, we might have one chakra that is specifically ailing us our entire life. And that becomes our focus and struggle to, to really help to rebalance and regain openness in that area as well. So I don't look at it as we, we're never in a state of perfection and optimal balance. It's the awareness that we bring to it that helps to open and align it so that we remain more open than closed or blocked. You know, I heard one time how many, and I can't, I can't quote the number, but how many muscles it takes just to stand still. It's kind of like that. <laughs> well, it's funny. I don't know if it's like that. You know, I was just reading, um, I'm working on my next book on the yoga sutras of Patanjali. And I was just reading that, you know, a lot of people, even when they go into a meditation practice, they really believe that I've got to try to do this meditation. I really have to focus on doing this meditation and I got to do it well. And I have to meditate better than I meditated last week. And the idea of yogic balancing, this idea of being able to reabsorb with the divine, with pure awareness uh, or pure I'm consciousness. It's time for another short pause. Sure. Michelle and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you guys stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, Founder, President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7, 365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. 
www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing leading-edge information, supporting the path to enlightenment. Don't miss the wonderful things we have to offer on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we're speaking with Michelle Fondon. Her website, michellefondonauthor.com. Michelle, I'm still a little unclear as to what's the purpose of the chakra system? How does it interact with the rest of us? The purpose of... Of the chakra system. This is such a, and again, this is a like super vague question. So, what is the purpose of our bodies, right? Our purpose of the bodies is just to keep us here, present on Earth, alive. We don't know why our Creator gave us a chakra system, but how can we use it? Is I think the more better is the better question. Is how can we use it to our benefit? Um, we can use it to our benefit in the realm of healing because it gives us an added layer to healing. So let's let's bring this down to earth just a little bit. So let's suppose you're diagnosed with breast cancer, for example, and you feel that you need to go through the traditional treatments of, you know, surgery, maybe a mastectomy, maybe a lumpectomy, going through radiation, chemotherapy, and you're wondering why you got this breast cancer in the first place. And you can turn to the chakra system in order to delve deeper into your own body, mind, spirit experiences in order to help you fully understand why your body became sick, how to handle the illness, and how to regain health on a fuller level so that you won't get the illness again. It can be used as a means to helping you heal on a much deeper level because once you understand that part of your body, how it is integrated into your your mind, your emotions, your behaviors, then you're better able to heal because in this Western world of allopathic or Western medicine, we're given such limited choices and Learning about something like the energy body or energetic healing and understanding it fully can give you an added layer in order to help you heal. So it's not about why does it exist. We can say that for anything. We can say, why do we exist? And I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question. So so by all means, let's bring this down to earth. How do you use a supposed energetic system that hasn't been scientifically proven, that we don't know why it's there, How? what are the logistics behind using it to heal? You're saying that the logistics as far as concrete examples of how you can get to heal? Well, first of all, it's a belief, right? It's a belief like anything. If you don't believe that you can heal with it, then chances are you won't heal with it. But so if it's you're, faith healing. It's, it is. It's a type of faith healing, just like... I mean, I believe in my cell phone. I believe my cell phone's going to work, even though I have no idea really how my cell phone works. I believe there yeah, are but satellites. I, I don't necessarily believe in my cell phone, but the doggone thing still rings. Exactly. There you go. So you can throw um, doubt to the wind and say, you know, I, I believe. And usually this comes to people who either believe in a yogic practice and they really believe in the Eastern philosophical practices of... Um, you know, yoga, meditation, energetic healing, or they don't. And the people that don't typically come to it through illness. And that's, that's what I have seen. I've seen that it doesn't matter if you believe or don't believe it's like, do you believe that it can help you really? So how, how does it work? How does it help? How does it heal? So as I mentioned that everything happens through energy and information. So just by, for example, if you have this chest pain and it's not a heart attack, but you're not aware of what it is, you're going to go into full-blown panic because you have this chest pain. But if you have a chest pain and you bring the awareness to the fact that you've been fighting with your spouse for the past two weeks and you haven't come to any resolution and you put your hands on your heart and you say, huh, it hurts here. And 
I am tying this into the fact that I feel this pain because I've been fighting with my spouse for the last two weeks. How, and I how, feel- how do you make that? Wait, how do you make that connection? This is what I'm trying to get. Okay, you're, you're talking about healing with the chakras. I'm fighting with my spouse. What's that got to do with which chakra and why? Well, if we're talking about chest pain, that would be the fourth chakra, which is the area of the heart, which is our source of love and compassion. And so if you are focusing on the area of the heart, which is your area of love and compassion, then in order to feel what's in the heart, you can reflect on your love relationships. And by reflecting on your love relationships, you can then create the connection that, oh, well, maybe I'm feeling pain in the area of the heart because of this this disharmony with my spouse. And so that's how you make the awareness. So basically you um, would need to study uh, what responsibility each chakra carries for your emotional realm. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, when you're learning anything, then yes, obviously you need to learn about the chakras as far as what does each chakra correspond to in the way of experiences and emotions and parts of the body? What ailments tend to creep up in each of the areas of the chakras, which symptoms, illnesses tend to creep up when those chakras are out of balance. And then you can further use them as a tool toward healing. So how was, how was this information ascertained? I'm sorry, what do you mean? Well, you say there's a, a meaning behind each chakra and it is governed, as near as I understand it, it governs a particular emotion. How did somebody and who figure out what chakra governs what? Well, if they're outlined in the tantric texts, it's through yoga philosophy or tantric yoga philosophy, which they were ancient seers or rishis, they call them, which were studiers of the this ancient knowledge and a lot of this knowledge was transmitted to them through the practice of meditation so what is meant by a block chakra so a chakra that is blocked just means that energy and information cannot flow freely through that chakra and you can tell if a chakra is blocked Again, through an energetic healer, such as a Reiki master, Reiki practitioner, or some other type of energetic healer. So let me give you another example. The practice of acupuncture is actually an energetic healing as well, just like healing through the chakras. So even an acupuncturist would be able to tell which areas of the body are blocked or a massage therapist that's really versed in that. So that is a a few ways you can tell. Another way is just by simple awareness. Your, your acupuncture works on the meridians, correct? Mm-hmm. What do the chakras have to do with the meridians? So you're just, you're asking me questions to try to stump me, and I'm not really sure why you're trying to do it, because I'm finding this conversation very unpleasant. Well, I'm sorry you're finding it unpleasant. I'm just trying to figure out what they do. My listeners probably don't know a whole bunch about it, and I'm you're supposed to be an expert. So you're talking about, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert on acupuncture. I was saying that acupuncturists can tell if the areas within the chakras as well are blocked because the, it has to do with energetic healing. Energetic healing is all linked. Yeah. And I was just asking what the meridians have to do with the chakras. You know, how does, how do they connect? I don't think that was being overly challenging. I'm just curious. I'm sure everybody is. Okay. If you don't know, you can just say you don't know. That's fine. Okay. So if a person finds their chakras are out of balance, what are, what are the symptoms that they get? Well, it just depends on the chakra. So I already mentioned in the heart chakra, for example, there are a lot of different, since the heart chakra corresponds to a lot of different organs in the body, the heart, the lungs, the bronchial passages, of course, the breasts as well as well as the back. So the, the physical location of the chakras uh, moves from front to back or back to front. It's imagine it is going like through the body. So for example, con- congestive heart failure, lung problems, 
breast problems in that heart area, um, chronic bronchitis. So thinking about all of those things that could be part of a blocked heart chakra, um, having a lot of anger, unforgiveness, harsh feelings of not being able to give or receive love. So those would be indicators of, for example, a blocked heart chakra. And each of the other chakras also have symptoms and again, illnesses, diseases, and parts of the body that would also correspond to those. Do, do the chakras and the illnesses in the body tend to correspond with the location of the chakra? Because you're talking the heart is around the heart mm-hmm. area, the breast, the lungs. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Yeah. Okay. We have just a few minutes left in the segment. Would you mind telling us the seven major ones? Where are they located? Sure. So the first chakra is at the base of the spine, the root chakra, Muladhara. Um, and then that is the first three vertebrae, base of the spine, area of the perineum. The second chakra, Svadhisthana, creativity and sexual center, which is above the pubic bone and below the navel. Um, the third chakra is the solar plexus, source of personal power around the area of the navel. And then we move up to the fourth chakra heart, Anahata. That's our source of love and compassion, as I mentioned, around the heart. The fifth chakra is the throat. And then we move up to the sixth chakra, which is the third eye. And the seventh chakra, which is the crown of the head. Okay. So the third eye has to do with spiritual vision? It does. It has to do with clairvoyance, intuition. Well, we're going to have to take another one of those wonderful breaks. Um, Michelle and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 
to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gilda Wiecka. I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Michelle Fondon. Her website, michellefondonauthor.com. Michelle, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Okay, so when we're talking about illness, um, does it manifest in the body first, in the emotions first, in the mental realm first, or in the energetic centers first? I don't really know. I mean, yeah, I think one, it huh? depends. Yeah, I think it really depends on what you can trace it back to. And sometimes we can't trace back the origin. I mean, I have the perfect example of um, one of my greatest teachers, Dr. David Simon, who was my one of my greatest teachers throughout this whole process. And he was a neurologist who lived a stellar life, a vegan, had a great family life, great um, teacher of Ayurveda, Ayurvedic medicine, who diagnosed his own brain cancer and died within 18 months. And oh my goodness. And everybody is like, what happened? This guy lived an excellent life. Like what in the world happened? And sometimes we just don't know. I mean, there are instances of illness where we just, we don't know from where it emanates. And sometimes it's just our creator calling us back home. It's like, hey, it's time now, come back home. So sometimes it's really hard to tell, but with practice, if you really focus on a lot of these practices, you know, I, I mentioned I'm an, a practitioner of Ayurveda. And one of the things I love about Ayurveda, it helps to take you back to the root cause of the illness. And in, and in like 80 to 90% of the cases, you can get back to the root cause of the illness. And sometimes the origin is an emotional origin. Sometimes it's a spiritual origin. Sometimes it's a physical. And sometimes it's all three, like in the case of addiction. Like I, I study a lot with people who are addicted to substances and and sometimes, you know, I believe addiction is in all three or it's like emotional, spiritual, physical. So if you have um, um, a practice whereby you're able to ascertain which chakras are blocked, can you diagnose an illness before it shows up anyplace else because it's in the energetic field? I believe you can, and I believe you can stop illness in its tracks and reverse illness. And that's one thing as well through my Ayurvedic practice that I teach people is that the idea of all these practices, yes, it's great when there is full-blown illness and to help you to heal. However, sometimes when full-blown illness is present, you must resort in many cases to allopathic or Western medicine first and then allow complementary forms of healing such as chakras to help you on a deeper healing path so that illness doesn't happen again. But at times in the early stages of illness by energetic healing, by healing through something like the chakras, you can regain balance in the body so that disease can stop in its tracks in reverse. The, um, you, you spoke of the uh, chakric health being a question of balance between the chakras and our access to all of them. Is the um, balance between physical, mental, emotional, spiritual the same way? I'm sorry. I, I'm not sure I understand your question. Um, so it sounds like we're still talking balance here. That Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so if you heal on the physical level yes. and you don't heal on the spiritual level, you mm-hmm. still have the imbalance present that could cause disease. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. I, I mean, I believe that that everything is about recreating balance. And, and from what I've seen, it's about recreating balance. And I, and I do find that whilst an imbalance in your spirituality, as, you, as the example that you gave of, let's say, a person who's an atheist, which I know a few in my life, um, that I've observed that, yes, maybe on the physical level, they're not going to be sick. Let's say they're, they're really in tune with eating healthy and they love exercise and they have pretty good relationships. But 
I find that they're not balanced on other specific levels. For example, I mean, I've seen that people that say, oh, I'm an atheist and I don't believe in anything and this is all we have, that that I find that they tend to lack hope and they tend to lack joy and they tend to, they tend to be more cynical in life. And so is that illness or is that wellness? I don't know. You tell me. I'm not sure. Like, I don't consider that to be wellness. I consider that to be an imbalance of sort. All right. Okay. Do chakra imbalances or blocks affect our effectiveness in the world as human beings? Yes, just like anything. Absolutely. So let's take the example of someone who might be not be able to transcend the third chakra or has an enormous blockage in the third chakra, which is our sense of personal power, being able to assert yourself effectively into the outer world. So a person that has a blocked third chakra could do one of two things. They could either be stuck in vanity and narcissism, or they could shrink back and be, for example, a people pleaser and not assert their will at all and just morph and conform to what other people want. Well, in both cases of those blockages, you're not putting forth your best effort to live out your righteous path, which is called your dharma, because you're not living from the third chakra at its highest levels. And I believe that affects the world. Narcissists affect the world as well as people who are people pleasers, you know, affect the world negatively. So finding that balance and living in the best part of yourself can ultimately help the world. Very well spoken. You know, as we move through the ages, some are characterized by more light or more frequency than others. What effect does this have on our chakra system? I believe that as we spread more light into the world by living at higher levels, it draws out that light in more people, just like one light in a room, one candlelight in a room of darkness brings light to that room. And I believe that each person that is able to bring more light into the world shines that light brightly so that others can be attracted to that light and seek out the light within themselves. Do you feel that we shine the light into the world through our chakra system? Absolutely. Yeah, of course we do. But it's in it's everything. It's not uniquely in our chakra system. It's in everything that we do. It's in because the chakra system is a means, right? It's a vehicle, right? So eating clean is a vehicle. The chakra system is a vehicle, Um, Your spiritual practice that you do through prayer or meditation is a vehicle. These are all vehicles to get to the same place. The same place is oneness. The same place is universal awareness and consciousness and connection to our source. And so it doesn't matter which vehicle you take. You can get in any of the vehicles as long as you're going to the same place. So basically we're talking evolution and how to evolve through the chakras or the physical body Mm -hmm. or the emotional body. Okay. Exactly. So... Does the number of chakras change as we move from lower frequency times to higher frequency ones? You mentioned there was a lot more than seven. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if they change. I'm not sure. I don't, I've never read that, but I'm not sure. Yeah, these any, are mysteries, any, aren't they? Any, anything is possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you said there was 114 chakras. Mm-hmm. Um, are they all active in all people, or um, is this also a, a part of evolution? Active is an interesting word because I believe that we all have the seeds of potential within us. And if those seeds of potential are not awakened to what they can become, then they lie dormant. But that doesn't mean that they're not there. What role do you see chakra healing having to play in our future as a species? I think the more aware we become of the realm beyond the physical, the more awakened people will be to the broader scope of reality as it is. And when you're, when you're aware beyond the scope of just the physical realm or the physical being, when you're aware of that, then magic can happen because then you can do things like, you know, telepathic communication and 
you know, a lot more receptivity to nonverbal communication and more energetic healing. And so in the way of healing that we can heal without the means, without surgeries, for example, without the need for these prescription pills that everybody seems to be taking these days. What role do you see the chakras playing in our interconnectedness with each other? I think that, again, it's an awakening. So that when you are awakened to me as a being of light or a being that is, again, beyond the confines of the physical body, then we could have a better relationship because we don't need words that sometimes get confused in the meanings behind those words. We don't need words to communicate. We can communicate on a deeper level, on a an energetic level. So in, the frequency is um, transmits information from person to person. Yeah, absolutely. Through the chakra system. Yeah. Well, let me yeah. let me give you an example. So I. Um, I had the intention, my boyfriend's going through some issues. And well, you know, ac actually, I'm sorry, it's hard to, yeah. we are out of time. I'm so Thanks. sorry. Um, it's always been fun to talk to you, and I hope we get to do it again sometime. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Our guest is Sarah, has been author of Chakrat Healing of the Vibrant Energy, Michelle Fountain. Her website, michellefoundinauthor.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Golda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Until next time, join us. The mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to our evolving world. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. 
Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.